0: Good morning, Dents. Sorry if you hear any dogs barking in the background. No,
1: don't worry about it. Just pretend you haven't got a dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) www.brfcs.com By the fans. For the fans. Since 1996.
2: Welcome to BRFCS podcast number 43. I'm BRFCS editor Wanwai Waihu, and here in the virtual studio today are Oliver Jones and Wayne Wild, the co-chairs of the Rovers Trust, which launched last Monday, the 27th of September. The Rovers Trust brings together a merger of Blackburn Rovers Supporters Trust, that's BRST, and Blackburn Rovers Supporters Investment Trust, that's BRSIT. Oliver Jones, uh, Oz on the BRFCS forums, is the chair of BRST, and Wayne Wilde is the chair of BRSIT, which he founded together with Daniel Grabko earlier this year. And He's also the group director of WEC Group Limited, who until recently were Rovers' principal sponsor, sponsoring the WEC Doe End. Today we're going to be asking them about the merger of the two trusts to form the Rovers Trust, and finding out what the Rovers Trust as a body is and what its aims and plans are for the immediate and long-term future. First of all, I'd just like to welcome in our guests today. Uh, Oz, how are you today? I'm fine, thanks. That's good. Thank you for coming on the other week for Podcast 41.
1: You're welcome. It was a rip-roaring success.
2: Yes, it was. It went very well, thank you. And uh, Wayne, it's uh, it's good to have you back on uh, the podcast. Uh, You were on a podcast in February. Uh, discussing the setting up of the Blackburn Rovers Supporters Investment Trust at that time. Thanks for coming back on. Welcome. Good. Now, just like to start off uh, with the merger itself, I think uh, everyone will be uh, trying to work out precisely what's going on. Rovers Trust was launched last Monday. Um, And it contains several groups. It's not just uh, BRST and BRSIT, is it? No. um, I think, first of all, we need to clarify
0: what the overall aims of what we're trying to do is. Um, And to put that simply, we want to bring the club into community ownership. But what does that mean? Well, we want to be ready for the opportunity to make an offer for the club, however that may present itself, either a sale or, you know, God forbid, something worse like a portsmouth. If we can't raise enough to buy it outright, then we want to co-invest with any new owner so the fans have a substantial stake and rights to protect the history, future and reputation. This model is already successful at Premier League clubs like Swansea, so it is achievable. If the worst happens, we don't want to be in a position like uh, the Pompey Supporters Trust, where they're under really tight timescales and have struggled to get something ready. In terms of how achievable outright ownership is, we've always said it depends on the price but crowdfunding is becoming more and more common and a realistic alternative to the traditional investor route. All we're doing is putting it on a bigger stage to allow 1,000 or more plus fans to take a stake in the future of our club. Our role as Rovers Trust is to put the structure in place, which is what we're doing, and with some of the best experts in the country helping us to to, uh, to achieve that. After that, it's it's up to the supporters to choose if that is ultimately what they want, if it is, then we all need to do whatever it takes to make it a reality.
2: This was uh, essentially the aim of the Black Rovers Supporters Investment Trust uh, when uh, yourself and Daniel Grabko launched it uh, back uh, six months ago or so. Yes, of
0: course. And obviously with the merger, as you can imagine, bringing together two groups at different stages of development with different people, has taken a little bit of time and discussion to understand and clarify the parameters of such a merger. This was greatly aided by the fact that both groups are essentially fans that want the best for the club and believe that to be a future where some or all of the ownership resides in the supporter base and local community to protect from the current situation from ever happening again. We have agreed that the best way for us to achieve our aims is joining together and hope that we can reinforce this message in the supporters' Uh, Many believe that what we're trying to do is impossible, and that's been stated on many message boards and many conversations and across the social world. But we have 20,000, or did have 20,000 regular attendees at EWood, and around about 100,000 global fans. If everybody of these joined in, we'd have no problem raising the money. Together we can, but we need people to believe in, in what we're doing. You know, over the past two months, we have held three or four meetings to first understand what each other stood on various key points, what the rules and regulations were in each of the groups, and ultimately, what the aims were. This has led to a memorandum of understanding being produced by Richard Spig at Pall Mall Capital, who are a London-based corporate finance specialist, and Kershid Valley at Gately, a Manchester-based commercial lawyers. This is now agreed, and to formalise it, we're having a little signing ceremony on the morning after our sportsman's dinner, which is on Friday 12th of October, by the way, uh, tickets still available. If anybody wants to buy individual tickets or full tables, and they're still available. Corporate price is £50 a head, but for the supporters, we're given a, a chunky discount and it's £35 a head. So still tables available on there? So. There is.
1: And Lee Sharp's a speaker, a well-known international
0: footballer. Guaranteed a good night at Ewa Park for a change. Yeah. Uh, earlier, your question was about the different entities. Um, I'm going to pass over to Walsall, let him explain. Good, he's quite technical at this, but it's important we explain what the entities are. Thank it's,
2: you. It
1: it, it it gets a little technical, so uh, you know, keep your uh, brain engaged at all times. But basically, there are four legal entities under the Rovers Trust umbrella. There's the original B R S T Industrial and Providence Society which is actually called Blackburn Rovers Supported Society Limited, the original BRSIT Industrial and Provident Society, which is the BRSIT CBS, and the BRSIT Limited Company and the BRSIT Community Amateur Sports Club, which is referred to as a CASC, so you might hear that mentioned in the future. That stands for Community Amateur Sports Club. The Industrial and Provident Societies, or IPSs, uh, more recently for, they're, they're more recently formed and termed Community Benefit Societies, or CBS. That's another acronym you'll get to hear quite regularly. And the Financial Services Authority, FSA, the public body that regulates financial services uh, and fundraisings and, to some extent, charities, approved corporate entities that are designed for social or community fundraising. Now, these IPSs have a number of preset rules and regulations that are focused the preservation of capital and assets in the entity, not least of which is something called an asset lock. Now, bear with me, the asset lock means that any money put into the CBS as an investment in shares must be carefully protected and cannot be distributed without the member's approval. So, for example, if Rovers Trust is successful in buying the club, the assets therein, such as Ewood, Brockhall, etc., could not be sold off or put at risk by securing debt on them without the members having to vote on it. This is obviously massively beneficial to the fans as no vulture investors can try and sell down the assets to make a profit. We have two of them given the original groups, but going forward we intend only to have one as the membership vehicle. The other will be dormant unless it is required in the future. More detailed information on the legal form of CBS can be found on the Business Link website if you want to have a look at that more closely.
2: So w- which which website is that? Uh,
1: the Business Link. If you just Google Business Link, uh, it'll be the number one result. And the, the on what CBS is there.
2: Yeah. OK, so the limited
1: Company was established by BRSIT first as a normal commercial trading company in order to be able to get a bank account, et cetera, and get the scheme off the ground. It's currently owned by the founders of BRSIT. However, we are in the process of moving the ownership under Rover's Trust umbrella, so it will be ultimately owned by the members. The Community Amateur Sports Club, or CASC, is the newest entity in the group. Now, this is the Rovers Trust Sports Club. Over the next year, you'll see us launch programmes in the community, backed by the members, particularly focusing on things like junior football, as well as something for the older generations. We really hope to be able to have a visible presence in Blackburn for members and potential members to come and find out first-hand what the Rovers Trust aims and ambitions are, not only regarding ownership of the club, but also what Rovers Trust and its members can do for the local community. We hope that we can go some way to fill in the gap left by the reduced funding for the official BRFC Community Trust. And the CASC also will have some benefits and tax reliefs that we'll hope to be able to capitalise on the membership proposition. Again, more information on CASC can be found uh, on the website. I think if you just go Google CISCinfo.co.uk, there'll be more information, detail, uh, background on, on what a CASC is and what they can do. But as we develop, as we develop, there'll be more entities. But people should not get distracted by this. Essentially, we are Rovers
2: Trust. Um, just to go back over that, uh, so there's four. There's four distinct um, entities. Uh, there's the BRST Industrial and Providence Society, and then the BRSIT Industrial and Providence Society. Uh, yeah. Those are two. Yeah. And then the, what were the other two, BRST and BRSIT, what were they?
0: No, there's a the BRSIT Limited Company.
2: The Limited Company,
0: yeah. You know, you know we had to set that up, obviously, to give us some protection and to be able to uh, raise bank accounts, et cetera, et cetera, and have a legal entity. Yeah. And the last one is the BRSIT Community Amateur Sports Club, otherwise known as a CASC, and that vehicle is used for things such as being able to rent property in the town centre, to enable us to have um, a presence within the mall, hopefully shortly. So right. the four legal.
2: Those are the four legal entities, right? Uh, so I didn't quite understand the Industrial and Providence Society. Uh, is that connected to the Community Benefit Society that you were talking about?
1: It's it's very similar. Um, uh, the technical differences are there to be uh, uh, to looked at, but the Industrial and Providence Society is very much like a co-op. Um, which, uh, you know, works together for the benefit of its members. Whereas uh, a CBS, the Community Benefit Society, is more about the greater community. So people will join um, and uh, hopefully work towards the greater benefit of the uh, uh, the black men in this case, community.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so entities were set up, obviously, because we had two different groups. So that's why the various uh, entities exist at the moment. Hence why we're coming under the Rovers Trust umbrella to be able to pull them all together.
2: I see, yeah. And uh, just to go back, so the community, uh, sorry, the Industrial and Providence Society ha- is is one type of community benefit society? Yeah. Basically? Basically, yeah. Right, okay, good. And uh, all of that comes under the umbrella of Rovers Trust. Now, who who is actually uh, running each of these individual entities? Um... Right. The current
0: status of the board members, etc. The boards of each group have been merged with the two of us leading this first phase as co-chairman. The full board is up on our website and each and every officer can be contacted directly and it explains their roles. Um, Each officer has a specific role and we expect that this enlarged group is going to be able to focus on more new and exciting strategies while obviously it's, its main core purpose is the structure and fundraising to enable this community ownership in the club to exist. One week we've about 100 members signed up, and we haven't begun marketing yet, but we have around 3,000 interested parties between both BRSIT and BRST, and we hope to sign these up as members as soon as possible. And we're reaching out through all the other fans' groups and forums to encourage people to join up. Uh, we're also hoping to have a big membership launch meeting late November, quite similar to what we did for the BRSIT down at King George's Hall. Uh, and at that point, we'll be able to give full details, not only the membership offer, but also the next major stage, which is actually collating that money together into escrow uh, legal escrow camp um, to show the owners we're serious. Uh, it's too early in the planning to say any more on that, but we hope it'll be exciting... And interesting for the fans, but basically it's one member, one vote. So this really will give everyone a voice in the future direction of the club. Um, if we are obviously successful, yeah. initially the members will be voting on the likes of the the board, uh, makeup of the board, subscription rates, packages, etc. But in time, we're hoping that the members will have a direct influence on the real critical and crucial things within the club such as transfer budgets, investment plans etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Managing low recruitment Yeah <laughs> um, So the relationship between the two is in all honesty where we are today is there is just the Rovers Trust the original entities obviously still have got to exist but there is no BRST group nor a BRSIT group anymore having separate meetings, we all just have joint meetings and discuss joint Rovers Trust issues.
1: And we're constantly, uh, you know, talking uh, all the time between
0: us on a daily basis, you know. So, uh, you know, we're, we're very busy. Yeah. I think there's 15 of us now. There's 15 uh, official roles within the Rovers Trust group.
2: Yeah. Um, it's up on your uh, webpage, as you say, uh, the full list of, uh, uh, of the members of your, your, your board. Sorry, do, do you actually call it a board at the moment? It's actually a, it's steering, a steering group. group really. Because yeah. we're, not,
0: we're not an elected board. Um, but once we've done the launch, hopefully November, the legal status is we have six months then, maximum, where we do a public vote. And anybody can elect to go on to any position within that board. And then we have, obviously, votes taken against that. So that's part of supporters direct memorandum and model rules that we have to do that. Um, but obviously we've got to have a, a steering group to get this going in the first place.
2: Right. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned uh, supporters direct there. Um, for example, just just little things like uh, uh, the, the 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 titles uh, uh, of the um, of, of the different uh, tasks that are, that are needed to be completed. Uh, these. Um, Uh, are all set up, uh, mandated by Supporters' Direct uh, um, rules or guidelines. Where do they come from?
1: Well, Supporters' Direct uh, are a government-backed body, uh, funded body. Uh, They did uh, have a wobble about 12 months ago where funding was looking like being withdrawn, but that's been cleared now. And Supporters' Direct are a very important um, uh, set of people in the world of football in this country at the moment. Um, they've been behind uh, a lot of success stories and near success stories, such as the people at Swansea, uh, behind the, the, the lads down at Portsmouth um, and, and Newcastle and Leeds, just to mention a few. They've all been uh, backed and supported by Supporters Direct, um, and they set uh, um, uh, the, the agenda, really, in terms of getting these Supporters Trusts up and running and off the ground. Um, and They've been able to provide us with uh, the previous experience of other clubs, um, and, and guidance in, in what's the best way to uh, to get us, us up and running. So, um, sports Direct are uh, key, you know, in the background to to not only uh, Rovers but all the other teams and all the other clubs that have uh, decided to to get involved
0: in uh, supporter involvement. Yeah, it's, they've obviously advised us on certain routes to take, which legal entities we need to have, what routes we need to take, what rules we need to follow. Obviously, they was instrumental in. Um, brokering the, the agreement between us both to bring us both together uh, and it's been um, the right decision to use supporters direct for obvious uh, legal reasons as well Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, as you're saying the actual internal organisation of rovers Trust is basically uh, done through supporters direct is that in, in consultation with them?
1: Um, but... In part, yeah, but obviously we there are some legal advisors that we use as well, so a uh, bit of both really, some legal advice um, independently and from supporters direct
0: also. But our legal advisors have also been dealing with supporters direct as well, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, the supporters direct, our legal advisors have been talking to them to obviously ensure that they're following the right path as well, so by doing this... Obviously, people get frustrated at the length of time that things take, but as you can appreciate, anything that goes into legal or government bodies' hands has got to go through the due it, process. It, route, it, so. It's
1: very, very, very important to get everything nailed down right. at this early stage, um, you know, because otherwise, because we're, we're talking about trying to get involved in a multi-million-pound industry, and if anything's not nailed down and squared off at the, uh, at, the at the start, you know, that can come back to haunt us in, in the future. So we've been very, very careful about all of the legal and technical setup
2: yeah yeah Um so one member one vote uh and uh the, the the structure will be put in place within the next six months uh i think you're saying from from november on you've got six months is that
1: yeah within within after the official launch we have within six months to have a, a, a proper public vote on uh the setting up of the committee and the board
2: right yeah yeah and um what, what does it actually mean to be a member of, of the trust or one of the trust bodies? Um, f- first of all, um, you, you had members of the BRST and you had members of the BRSIT. But now, presumably, um, there's no such thing as being a member of BRSIT. You're a member of Rovers Trust. It, it, am I understanding it right? We never actually had any
0: members of BRSIT. The only thing we had was obviously people making soft pledges. So people will pledge that should we get to a legal entity stage, that they were prepared to buy shares in our proposal.
2: So I we will really have
0: members as such. The first membership drive that we've done is now.
2: I see, I see. Is that the so same for got, the BRST?
0: Yeah, we got as far as
1: a steering group committee and were planning launches of our own and membership drives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it came to a point uh, during the summer where it was clear to all of us uh, on both sides that um, it would be foolish to to work separately and, and we uh, came together or decided to come together and be working through that over the
0: course of the summer. So you can imagine from the BRSIT side, these were just pledges and re- re- really expressions of interest. There was no cash and no contract. But obviously we're now contacting each and every pledger to ask them to become a member of the Robbers Trust and when they're ready to commit the thousand pound or whatever they decided to to offer um on a risk free basis we're still developing this so it's too early to go into the details but we intend to obviously protect our members to the best of our abilities
2: yeah yeah and so mem- members and uh the pledges are, are they separate issues do you, do you have to be a member to pledge or do you have to pledge to be a member
0: uh you can just be a member and you still have the same voting rights as anybody who does buy uh, who does Buy a share. They'll have the same voting rights, whether you pay pure for membership or buy shares. Um, but obviously, for that to work, we've got to have enough shares sold. Otherwise, we will still have the membership of the Rover's Trust, but we won't be in a position to uh, buy it, the club or a share in it, which is it, which is our ultimate aim.
2: Yeah, and uh, the funds that have already been uh, pledged. Uh, they to uh, BRSIT, uh, they're all pushed. Uh, how shall I say, transferred over to the to the Rovers Trust now.
0: Well, they don't automatically transfer over because everybody's got to be able to agree with the new format that we've got. So obviously these are only in soft pledge format at the moment. Anyway, there's a there's an email going out hopefully this week to all the pledges, giving them some detailed information of the new setup pointing them to the website so they can see. But in essence, all we do, the, the structure and the format and the aim is exactly the same. We've just got a, a new umbrella name and more members, which was the point of what we're doing in the first place, which is to make it all-encompassing and, and anybody can join. But our aims are exactly the same. The BRSIT members are all members of the Rovers Trust. Um, we remain advised by the same people, the same legal people, and if anything, this merger has really increased the chances of achieving the original aims, not in any way diminished them. So obviously we'll be going out for the, uh, to transfer the pledges into uh, cash uh, and hopefully people will just see that we've just moved another step forward.
2: Yeah, great. Um, you were mentioning earlier on about asset locks and uh, Escala accounts. Um, could you explain precisely what, uh, what those are? Well, it's an escrow account,
0: and it's just a legal bank format that is a bank account that is entrusted to our legal advisers, so that uh, they obviously keep control of, of the money itself and where it goes. Uh, so it's all locked in terms of the bank account. Um, the asset lock is that w- when an entity like this owns the assets of the club, whether that be Brock Hall or the ground, etc., the members own the scheme. So unlike an investment vehicle that could at any point sell them assets if they decided to, this can't happen. The whole membership has got to vote for that. So it protects the assets of the club. If somebody comes in, uh, whoever that might be, to buy Black the obviously the assets go with that. And if for whatever reason, like has happened at other clubs, they decide that they want to sell some of them assets... For whatever reason, then they're quite within their own rights to do that. The scheme that we've set up is obviously for the benefit of the community, and it can't be done without uh, members' vote. So the more members we have, you know, you've got to you've got to convince a lot of the the, the membership, which are the fans, that it's the right thing to do. Um,
2: in terms of membership, uh, you're saying you have uh, roughly 3,000 uh, potential members, I think. Um, what what are your aims in terms of numbers? Well, it's difficult to
0: set in terms of numbers, obviously you can imagine. But a, a notional figure originally was ten million pounds to sit down with the trust, with the with the owners, whoever they may be, to, to try and uh, discuss a way forward. So that's virtually we're asking for a thousand shares to be sold at a thousand pound a piece. But in terms of membership base, obviously, ideally, we'd like at least. The uh, support, the home supporters, you know, it was fifteen to twenty thousand, plus the supporters throughout the world. So the aim would be hopefully around hundred thousand. So, but you know, that's a very very tall number to it. So we, yeah, be, we've
1: got to be realistic. Very, Not everybody wants to get involved. Uh, uh, there will always be an element of support that wants to just roll up on Saturday or whenever the game is played have a pint, watch the match and go home and are not really interested in the overall running of the club and that's fine and, and there are many people like that uh, but um, we've got to be ambitious and we've got to say right, what are the, for example, the current season ticket sales right, that's what we need to look at every single one of those people and give them the opportunity at the very least to get involved and if they choose not to then we move on to the next person uh, and if they say yeah, I want to get involved, great um, so I think personally uh, in the short term short to medium term we need to be targeting every single person who attends eatwood park and then in the greater community uh, throughout the uk and then in, in, in the worldwide and it'd be even better really for the people who live you know the expats in australia and uh, and wherever across the globe because they may feel as not being locals and not being able to attend matches that that could be their way of contributing towards the, you know the success of rovers and rovers trust um, getting involved from a distance, you know, paying the 10 quid or whatever membership fee or the £1,000 uh, uh, as an investment to, uh, to share, you know, that, that's really, there are no boundaries in this and in the short term, medium term, thousands of local fans and, and uh, you know, across
0: the globe, we, we really there are, no, there are no limits to it, I don't suppose. One of the things that we had in the beginning was the uh, criticism of the £1,000 a share level um, now to counteract that, we did a number of things, and one was to introduce Jubilee Tower Credit um, that would help people uh, save to be able to reach the thousand pound. But also now the membership initiative scheme means that anybody who just buys a membership has the same voting right as anybody else of whatever shares they buy. So it is really a community and supporters. Um, beneficial scheme and it's it's down to the it isn't down to who's got the most money it's down to who wants to be a member of of the scheme that we've introduced
1: i think i think in terms of uh, a recruitment um, question uh, just to, to slightly digress i think if you were to say to as a recruitment a recruiter, if i was to go up to a, a or be approached by a rose farm and say why should i get involved well the answer really has got to be if the worst comes to the worst at the your football club if the owners, whoever they may be, uh, run it so badly, we end up in a position such as has been seen at Portsmouth and other clubs, are you going to be able to say, well, I'm in a position to try and change that? And if you want to be in that position, you need to get on board. If you don't want to be able to do something about it, then you don't need to.
0: But this process also works, even if the club is successful. Correct. However successful the club is or not, we want to own a share of that club. Now, whatever percentage there is, that might be. Because that is the only way that you really get a direct voice in the in the in the future and the planning and the strategic decisions that are made you know being a supporters group is fantastic and there's lots of benefits for that but unfortunately you still never have a doubt you know you need to be sat in the boardroom of these sort of clubs to have a real influence on the direction and that is our, that is our aim.
1: A lot of trusts are started when the clubs are on their knees, and yeah. it's often very too. It's often too late then. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that rovers are on their knees, but I would suggest some alarm bells may be ringing and have been for the last few months. Um, so uh, you know we need to we need to get in and be able to you know be in a position to do something about it. Should should things go badly wrong uh, any time in the future?
2: Um, you're saying about members getting involved. Uh, but other than uh, paying their £10 annual membership fee, uh, what, what does that actually mean, getting involved? Uh, surely they can uh, uh, just sign, sign up and uh, uh, and be passive members, as it were. Yeah, of course.
0: You it can be a ma- passive member of any membership club that you join, but you can also be an active member. We will be having at least an AGM every year, so anybody who's a member will be able to come along and put their hand in the air and ask questions and... You know, right to the club, but they can also get involved at the board level if they want. Any but this will be an all incoming and, uh, and and welcoming board and anybody who wants to play a role, whether it's chairman or whether it's volunteer helping out in the shop on a Saturday. You know, this is what it's about. It's about supporters and community and giving everybody a chance to get involved.
2: Yeah. So basically just being a member itself, just paying you ten pound a year is being involved. It of is, course, yeah. yeah. Without that membership
0: fee and without the uh, pledges and share sales, this can't this can't work. You know, it, it, so it's very very important that people become members. Otherwise, we don't have the we don't have the voice and the power behind it. The membership involvement first
1: and foremost has to be some sort of financial backing because without that we can do very little. And anything subsequent to that is obviously a bonus. Yeah, and the
2: the ten pound a year. Uh, annual membership fee uh, what does that go towards
0: well initially it will go to all the, the organisation costs you know these things are not free we've got to have PO box uh, costs you've got to have postage costs you've got to have this set. at the moment everything from legal advice to printing off leaflets to, to making phone calls to setting up websites to hosting websites everything is being done free of charge by everybody Um, but you need money to survive that's quite obvious Um, we will have to get uh, high level legal advice uh, when and if we get to turn the money into pledges and into shares and for that we're going to have to pay for it so the original membership fee is only £10 a year because the cost won't be massive to start with but obviously as we progress and if we go to uh, the escrow side and then start transferring that into shares The membership fee goes up to £25 a year. That £25 will then, as we are shareholders of the club, go towards the running of the club as well. But, you know, obviously without finance, this cannot work. The vehicle needs funding.
2: Yeah. So in the initial stages there, uh, essentially to cover running costs, uh, there's no stipends for any of the board members uh, for the chairs or anything?
0: Absolutely not. Completely and utterly 100% free. Everybody gives the time massively, uh, which is the biggest chunk of cost at the moment. Um, everything that we're getting at the moment is free. We beg and borrow and beg and borrow again. Um, the printers do all our printing, of the leaflets and, and signage, etc., for free. Our legal advice is free. Our uh, uh, IT systems and website designs have all been done by free. And uh, the reason
1: it's done for free is because
0: they're supporters and they won the best for the club. Yeah, ultimately, and that's why the two groups have come together. That is the we are show. all Blackburn Rovers supporters, and that's the only aim, really. And that's how people have got involved and got motivated to do what we do.
2: Yeah, yeah. right. What, what, what are the advantages of uh, putting in uh, money into the uh, share initiative? Uh, in, I mean, it, it's one member, one vote. Uh, people are paying a membership fee uh, why is there this this, this extra uh, initiative the thousand pound shares you mean the shares yeah
0: yeah well quite simply no shares no money no ownership so it doesn't work but obviously what we want to do is to is to be, to be all inclusive so you know we've thought long and hard and detailed this back and forth and you're quite right your question is a question that i've raised is what motivates somebody to hand out a £1,000 then? Well, that £1,000 will give you not only a share in the ownership of the club, but it also gives you other benefits. Now, then, benefits are quite detailed and you'd have to go onto our website to read them. But obviously, there's the Rovers points that are gained um, that gives you, depending on the level of the investment, up to the possibility of having a free season ticket every year. So, your £25 a year post-acquisition... Gives you membership of the Rover Trust. The thousand pounds gives you a share ownership of that, plus the benefits that come with it. Quite detailed, depending on the level of investment that you put in. But you know, you can see all that and read about it in detail on our on our website. Yeah, yeah, I see.
1: The membership is an annual fee, ten pounds yeah. or whatever it is at uh, any given point in time. But the the thousand pounds investment is a
0: one-off.
2: Yeah. Um, have you actually uh, discussed whether to change it from £1,000 to £500 or £100? Because uh, I think uh, we went through this discussion back in February, yeah? Yeah, and it's the
0: same answers, to be honest. It, you know, Any number you take has got to be multiplied by another number to come to £10 million. So the lower value of the share, the more shares you have to sell. Um, maybe in six months a year, we may change that decision. But to start we we've got to take what we think is a, an educated uh, guess at the right number. As well as that, we've got the other initiatives and people can club together to buy one share if they want. Supporter groups can buy shares together. Um, or people can use Jubilee Credit Union if they want to use that vehicle. Um, and what it can do is if somebody wants to buy a share, if we set that it's a £1,000, then it, it, it's a substantial number to get. You know, we don't want to put off people who are willing to put a thousand pound in by only buying a one hundred pound or a ten pound share. So, until we've gone through the process, it's very difficult to say well, that's a right or wrong strategy. But we we took a lot of advice and, and crunched this in lots of different ways.
2: Yeah, uh, on the website, uh, if you go on there and uh, you, you you got to pledge the money. Uh, it gives you some options uh, of how much you, you would be prepared to pledge. Uh, and there, I think I'm right in saying that uh, one of the options is that uh, you, you're not prepared to put in £1,000, uh, but you would be prepared to pledge if it was less. Uh, that suggests that uh, you're still looking into this.
0: Yeah, of course. We want to take all the market data. So we don't want to put people off uh, giving us that information. So we're still at pledge stage at the moment, don't forget, until we've done the official loan. So you know, we want to continue checking that data. But the current data that we've got tells us that the overwhelming percentage who will buy a shirt are willing to pay the £1,000. There are a number of people who have said that they can't afford it or they don't want to. And obviously from that data, we may get to a point where Somebody says they don't want to, but they'll pay £250 per share. We could possibly, you know, put these people together and see if they want to join together and buy a share, for instance. You know, these are all possibilities, nothing that we've done, and we haven't obviously give out any personal data, but, you know, they're the options that become available.
2: I see. Yeah. Good. So the uh, the, the £1,000 uh, share uh, gives you basically uh, not just a share in the ownership of the club, but also other benefits, uh, long-term benefits, uh, maybe relating to uh, uh, participation in community activities, um, cheaper season tickets, or um, maybe uh, discounts for uh, uh, for other things uh, down at the Rovers. Uh, essentially, that that's what you're saying, yeah?
0: Yeah, and if you, it's a concept that was devised originally by Dan Grabko, our finance officer. Uh, And and like I say, if you go onto the website, it's quite detailed on what each level of membership, what package that gives you. Um, It's too long a detail to explain here, but really you need to go onto it and have a read of it. If anybody's unsure or doesn't really understand what it's saying, they can contact us through the inquiry page and we'll respond generally within 24 hours.
2: Right. One of the questions for for, uh, Rovers fans out there is, uh, we've got so many different groups, so many different supporters, organizations, uh, and now we've got yet another, the Rovers Trust. Um, you know, what are the uh, respective roles of, uh, for example, the Fans Forum, uh, the BRFC Action Group, uh, Rovers Trust? Uh, is, is there some, some kind of division of labor here? What, what, uh, what are the different functions, and well, how do you see your own, your own uh, uh, role? We've we've sort of covered
1: a a, a detail already of what we're we're about. Rovers Trust is independent from all fans' groups, but at the same time, we need all of the fans' groups' members to become our members as well and help achieve the aim of ownership. We believe that any member of any fan group can also be a member of Rovers Trust. We're not exclusive. We won't be offering travel or pre-match meetups or anything like that. We'll be seeking to achieve influence and ownership on behalf of our members. If that is attractive to the fans, then they should join us. It's not right for us to comment on other individual fan groups in the same way we won't be to, uh, commenting on football matters at the club. It's not our job as Rovers Trust to say you know, whether the team perform well, who the next manager should be and who they should sign. We won't be supporting or condemning actions by any particular group. It's you know, it's up to each group and its members to voice their concerns or not, however they please. But if they want to have fans ownership at Blackman Rovers, then they should join us, as that is what we will be campaigning for. Um, and asking and demanding for over the next few months or even years if that's what it takes we believe the best owners for our club would be the fans and the community not locally not remotely making decisions uh, and and obviously securing the long term future of
0: the club that's as much as we can say really Yeah, I think it's healthy that that we've got lots of different groups because everybody has their own perspective and their own aims and their own challenges and what is encouraging is the amount of groups that are out there now you might criticise that, but I would think it's a big positive because it shows how many fans really do just want to you know put the time and effort, whether it be internet based or whether it be uh, doing protesting actions, you know, everybody is obviously worried and committed to Black Rovers, hence why these groups exist. And the one that the, the Rovers Trust isn't another group, it's an umbrella group for the two trusts because the criticisms that were coming at us was that nobody understood what the difference of the two groups were and what their aims were, but they were actually very, very similar. And all we've done is get together, um, take away the individuals and put it under a group so that we can you know, achieve the same aim, which is ownership and protection
2: of the assets of the club for its long-term future. So you're not actually looking to replace other groups? Absolutely. Your role, your role is quite separate, yeah.
0: No, absolutely not. No, we don't replace anybody. What we do want is all whoever is a member of whatever group, you know, joins our membership. And that's for in order for us to have a, a real say in the running of the club from an ownership perspective. You know, everybody will carry on under their own formats of groups, which I think is very, very important.
2: Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the ownership issue, uh, whether it's in the short term or long term. Um, And you believe that uh, ownership of the club should be with the fans, the supporters. Uh, Now, um, I think uh, last time we spoke, um, you were suggesting that there may be some case for you to go in with uh, maybe a part ownership. Um, What's your current thinking, uh, having set up Rovers Trust? Are you looking for a 100% uh, ownership by Rovers Trust? Or are you also willing to look at other options?
0: the ideal situation would be that we owned it outright but obviously that's going to take substantial amounts of millions of pounds to be able to do that so we've got to be you know we've got to be sensible about this so if it means that the way forward would be to be a part owner with it, with the club whether that be with the current owners or any future new owners then we would be delighted to be in that position because ultimately that's what we want is to, uh, to have a share in it we haven't had any discussions with anybody yet, as you can imagine, because we've still been setting legal entities up and setting ourselves up to be in that position to move right. forward. We've then got to get the, the the financing into the trust to show that we're serious at what we're doing, and we'll sit down with anybody. you know. We've made, as you know, open inquiries to the current owners to at least talk to us. As yet, that has not been forthcoming, but that's been with most groups, I would say. Um, but we keep going. We always knew this was going to be a long haul. It was never going to be a short fix, uh, and we're in it for the long haul. But if whether it's the new the current owners or any new owners want to talk to us, we are then in a very, very strong position because our format, our setup, our legal entities are all fixed, and membership is open and, and transparent, and we're ready to speak to anybody. We could mobilize ourselves within 10 minutes. Very few clubs up and down the country who don't have a trust set up would never be able to do that. You can see how, it's long, how long it's took us to get us into our own position.
2: Well, that's amazing.
0: Basically, you're ready to go. We're absolutely ready to go.
2: Yeah. Uh, what about the funding? Would, would the funding be there or is that a separate issue?
0: Um, at the moment, we've got what we've got in, in pledge so far. Well, pledges so far, soft pledges with around about £3 million. Obviously, the funding's not there. We haven't collected that money yet, as we've explained. You know, that's going to happen at, at the launch stage. But if tomorrow morning somebody knocked on my door and said, we want you to, to help us and become a partner in this, we would, you know, motivate and galvanise people together to start getting the money in as fast as we can. Current funding is the membership scheme, which obviously... Um, helps us move forward both in the short, short term and certainly in the long term to help the funding of the club itself.
2: So what, you, what you're talking about with regard to being ready, uh, that's in terms of the structures you've put into place, yeah?
0: Yeah, the time frame that takes yeah. the longest time is obviously dealing with banks, dealing with legal entities, dealing with the FSA, dealing with supporters direct. You know, it's a high level, deeply detailed um, process that you've got to go through to make sure that one we're going in the right legal direction and two it's rock solid. As I said earlier, uh, dealing with these people is not a straightforward, quick process. So if we have no trust in place and somebody decided to put one together, you know it doesn't happen overnight. Everything has got to be documented and everything has got to be legally watertight.
1: Logistically, we're there, you know we are we are the vehicle is you know ready and it's revving up. We are ready to go.
2: Yeah. Um, Glenn, uh, who's been in the background doing the recording today, uh, is with us uh, from BRFCS Admin. Um, uh, what uh, What's your own uh, view of the uh, Rovers Trust?
3: Well, I've, I've got to be honest. The, the original way the investment trust was pitched, I thought it was an interesting idea, but I, I did have issues with it. I thought it was too ambitious to ever get anywhere. The way it's been reworked now, the way it's been refocused—you um, know, the, the, the merging with the um, with, with the supporters' trust, which was something that I was very keen to back in the early stages on a personal level—I think it's been fantastic. The, um, the 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 concept now of having it all ready to own, necessarily just a part of the club rather than all of it. The um, the the whole new direction I think is great, and it's um, when this um, was initially relaunched and um, Steve and myself got together and we. we as a site, we've always been very keen to remain neutral on anything we possibly can. The site is very much there to give everyone a voice, regardless of their view. We said, you know, how do we feel? Do, do we want to back this? And we both, without a second's thought, said, actually, yes, we're more than happy to back this, because this now is, it's much closer to our um, our own standpoint of it's all about giving the fans a voice, the fans a say. You know, it's not particularly promoting any kind of agenda. It is, um, you know, sort of very much um, you know, a thing that any fan can get behind, so we're absolutely delighted to be backing it, um, you know, saying that there was no qualms over that whatsoever this time.
2: Yeah, great. Um, are, are you actually going to be involved at all uh, in the Rovers Trust yourself?
3: I've certainly, I'll give it my entire backing. Um, at the moment, BRFCS is taking more time than I could possibly imagine. Um, I've learnt the hard way, getting involved with too many projects means I don't give any of them my proper time, but... Um, we're, we're certainly here, but, you know, BRFCS is always a, an, an open platform and, you know, the, the Trust, like any other group, are more than welcome to, um, to avail themselves of our services.
2: Yeah, yeah. And there's uh, quite a lot of, uh, uh, of the current steering committee who are involved in BRFCS uh, in one way or another, even if it's just active board members. Um, could you tell us, uh, Wayne and Oz, um, the, the amount of work that's going in behind the scenes, uh, um, who, who's, who's, uh, who's involved? Who, who can you uh, say, say thank you to, uh, just generally? Oh, if you're talking
0: about the list, if you look on the website, they're all on there. But uh, Dan, Dan uh, Grabko does a massive amount of work behind the scenes. You know, the legal structure of this is what takes up the majority of the time um the website that we set up last week had to be done within 48 hours tom donnelly was involved dan himself had a huge amount to play in that as well as uh, Stuart grimshaw so that looks very well and works exceptionally well um who else we've got myself and oz we've obviously got uh, our our, uh, legal advisors and our financial advisors we've got dawn finnell who's the junior membership Officer. We've got uh, Paul from the message board who's our uh, supporters' direct liaison officer. Yeah, Mike Ashworth who does. Mark's uh, the social media officer. Social media. I, I don't want to miss anybody out, so I don't want to name names, but literally, if you go onto the, go onto the website and it lists each individual officer, but you know, um, so everybody's giving up the time for free. And as Glenn just alluded to, you know, time is very difficult, especially when we've got families and jobs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and to underline, nobody takes one single penny out of any of this. It's purely all donated. Whether it's time, petrol running about up and down, telephone costs, etc., um, etc. Et the so, amount
1: of uh, time and 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 labour effectively that has been spent on it, even in these last three months, uh, if paid for, would uh, would would be you know. Probably a horrendous amount, tens of thousands, hundreds of
0: thousands of pounds worth of, of times gone into it already. Yeah, so you know, doing a little bit of selling points here. But if anybody wants to, to donate any funds because they don't either have the location or time to help, just go onto the website and do that. Um, but obviously primarily we just want people to become members. We want people to tell the fans, uh, the the family and friends, and get as much membership on board as we can.
1: You know, football is the national sport of this country. Uh, and people from Blackburn and the, and the surrounding areas um, should look at Blackburn Rovers as being the shining light uh, in, in this area. You know, it's the the, the biggest, most uh, exciting thing in the town at the moment. And where we are at the moment is not where we should be. Um, and, the, and the Rovers Trust is about getting that community engaged with the club and getting that club to be the best it possibly can. And if you got, if you want to be a part of that, become a member and get your pledge in.
0: Yeah, well, I'd just like to underline that with one thing, is to say that obviously uh, the release of Steve Keane has made people think now that it's job done, and it's far from that. It's only one piece of a massive restructuring that we need to do. Um, so it's as important now as ever that people do become members. You know, I don't think that was just a resolution. It's only the beginning of implementing the change required at the club. And it's actually made our job a little bit harder because the wave of happiness that as uh, people have <laughs> forgot all the pain that we've been through you know and we will continue to do so on, unless we have a real saying running of the club and just by changing the manager doesn't doesn't change all that you know if anything it's it's more difficult for us now to get that point across but it's just as important that we continue this process and make sure that everybody
2: gets a real involvement in the long term running yeah so um hopefully you get things up and running, and uh, we can look forward to uh, a, a, a more stable and uh, uh, more uh, committed future uh, in terms of uh, uh, the club and the community. Wayne, uh, do you have some uh, final comments on how, how you see things uh, in the future?
0: Um, yes. Um, I think the name of Blackburn Rovers, certainly fans, has been tarnished dramatically, and I don't think we really all see... What the wider public think of Blackburn Rovers fans, because the way it's been portrayed in the media, hence why it's very important that we all become members of this trust and community. You know, yesterday I don't know if anybody saw it, but yesterday's comment by the football experts on Sky Sports Soccer Saturday was just typical of what I've just tried to explain there. Now, this is my own personal point of view, not from a group perspective, but. I got a phone call early yesterday morning asking me to do an interview down at the ground with Sky Sports, which obviously to get the message of the the Rovers Trust out there I'm willing to do at any time, I goes down there, ended up doing a a live interview from the ground, which I wasn't expecting, which is quite daunting. And some of the questions they were throwing at me were quite detailed and I'd really just answer them on the op, but uh, I managed to get through that. And then I come home and I watched... The discussion of the panel on Sky Sports. Now, this obviously goes worldwide, and we got absolutely slated. Paul Merson, Charlie Nicholas, uh, Tony Cotty, Matt Letizia, Jeff Stelling was trying to broker the discussions between them. But if anybody wants to watch that, they should, you know, listen to it because he's quite damning and Blackburn Rovers supporters in the club, you know, saying how we the, Steve King was treated with disgrace. Paul Merson's comment that we have now found our level. Now, I thought our level was ex-premiership champions and an average of ninth in the Premier League, but he seemed to think that we've now found our level. Um, and it was quite upsetting to the point where I ended up putting my comments on Twitter that got picked up by a lot of the Blackburn Rovers fans, of, of, of which I think 99% backed with what I was trying to say that People are given a, a platform to make comments when they've absolutely no knowledge of what's happened and no real in-depth, you know, understanding of what's happened over the two years, like the Black Rovers supporters have. I speak to a lot of supporters out of, you know, different areas and they've no idea what's going on. We seem to think it's in everybody's heads up and down the country, but that's not the case. So when you get four, you know, well-liked football personalities saying what we said yesterday, it just undermines the problems that we have. And unless we all come together and do it through the, the, the platform we've got, I think we'll have real difficulty uh, changing that. Blackburn Row was we're always thought of, as a fantastic club, family club. Everybody liked it, apart from a friends down the road, of course. But, you know, we was well liked up and down the country. And I think that has turned dramatically on its head. And I think the vast majority of the media and the public dislike Blackburn fans and think that we'll get what was coming to us. And Tony Cotty's final statement that was, uh, be careful what you wish for, I think he said. And I thought, hmm, difficult and I think completely unfair. Now, I've contacted the reporter who I did the interview with Saturday morning, who's quite a prominent reporter on Sky, and I've asked him if he can do something and give us a platform to try and readdress this, because obviously it's a serious situation. Um, you know, getting our own fans back is going to be difficult enough as it is. You know, Paul letter that he sent to the owners back in whenever it was, um, when was it, April or May? You know, said out uh, earlier uh, stats had shown that you only get five percent of your, your fans back when they've left. Now, hopefully, we'll get significantly more than that because I was left for different reasons. But there's a massive job ahead. Big job ahead, and you know, we've got to get every platform that we can to, to defend ourselves. You know, you can't, people can't be allowed to come out with statements like they come out with on that on live national and global TV, and we just sit back and do nothing about it, nothing about it. The, the club won't come out and defend us, that's obvious. So, there'll be no statement by the board of directors defending Blackburn Rovers Football Club or its supporters, so we have to do it ourselves. And hence why all the different groups is so, so important. And if each of the groups stand shoulder to shoulder and say, yeah, we're all disgusted with what's said, you have a chance of somebody sitting up and listening.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think you'll get too many apologies from Sky Sports, to be honest. But uh,
0: No, I don't yeah. want an apology. Yeah. I would like a platform to be able to explain what I've just explained, you know, to explain to people what has happened over the past two years. I'd probably need two hour slot at least, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a thirteen episode series. Yeah, only yeah, an episode series, but you nice know, well. it's, or you either say nothing and you just take it on the chin. And I think we've got, you know, we've all been battered around the ring too long now, but we want to, you know, defend yourself at least in some format or other. Yeah. Um. It, in regards to Matthew Letizia himself, I think it was a little bit unfair because he didn't actually say anything too derogatory yesterday, and he actually said that the fans disappointed because of the results but certainly the other three made direct accusation and Paul Merson in particular was sniggering at points during his answers which I don't know, I was exceptionally angry and disappointed that a man of his stature come out with, with um, comments like that especially considering he was supposed to be our speaker at the uh, sportsman's dinner which is a shame now, I suppose, but uh, but yeah, it's you know it's disappointing. Um, it's one of the things you can't get too angry about, otherwise you lose focus. But you know we must we must defend ourselves, or we'll, the the footballing world um, will be against us. And you look at the likes of Premier League, and they're probably happy at the moment we're not in it, and we have got to change their views somehow or other. You know, and some of the pictures that have been beamed around the world are always about people in chicken masks and stuff, and it's wrong, and we must do something we've got to defend ourselves and you know it isn't my expertise, but between us all, I'm sure we can we can we can stand shoulder together uh there has been a lot of infighting between groups and 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 various individuals as we all know, but you know I think the one shining thing is that we're all bla Rovers supporters, and we all want the same thing so you know, I think it's more of a, a case now of Galvin and uh, all are us held together, and, and and having a voice that we're all singing the same song. Oz, do you have any final comments? Um, just
1: um, like, you know, tomorrow night on Radio Lancashire, uh, they there are a special fans panel um, broadcast, uh, and some of the guys from the Rover Trust will be on there and um, trying to uh, get some more information out. So if you get the opportunity to listen to that, please do so. Uh, but I do agree with Wayne's. Uh, uh, thoughts on, on on the media. Um, in the, the last two years, we've gone from being uh, a respectable, well organised, well thought of uh, uh, small town club, be it, uh, but you know, a successful setup to being almost a laughing stock. Um, and people like uh, the presenters on Sky Sports uh, yesterday um, are, are irresponsible in what they're saying and doing, um, and should be brought to task over it. Definitely irresponsible broadcasting, and something needs to be done
2: well thanks for airing your views on these issues they are of course uh, important in in terms of uh, uh, the ownership issues uh, that uh, you're deeply involved in thanks ever so much for coming on to today's podcast cuz uh, it's been uh, such a delight to to hear some of your explanations uh, clarifications for most of the fans out there, I think, uh, pretty difficult to get your head around some of the things. Um, I've certainly understood a little bit better a- about the uh, the arrangements uh, of uh, the Rovers Trust. And uh, I'm sure that uh, the uh, many people who listen to our podcast will be uh, very uh, appreciative of, you, uh, of your time. Uh, thanks ever so much uh, then to uh, uh, Oz and to Wayne. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank, Thank you. you.
2: You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, thanks also to Glenn, who's uh, 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 been looking after the recording of today's podcast. And also he'll be uh, dealing with the production uh, of today's podcast. Thank you to him.
3: Always a pleasure.
2: Thank you. And uh, that's all we have time for, for today's podcast. Uh, thanks, as always, for uh, listening in. Uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, do take care. Thank you very much.